Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? Yeah, I know, but... Let's face it, it would be more weird if I didn't open up an episode by saying that, considering it's what I always do, and let's face it, there's been, you know, enough weird times of late, we don't want to add on to any more. And also, looking forward, there's some positivity on the horizon, isn't there? There is. Let's let's cling on to that. So look, we're at the end of another week. It's Thursday. I hope you've had a good week. I hope you've managed to find and snatch some some small pockets of joy, however small they are. Um, I've just come upstairs. I've been homeschooling all day, and um, he's downstairs, and I wouldn't get a minute's peace if I didn't... Uh, nip up here so uh, now speaking of homeschooling i think we kick off this week's episode with the brilliant Leila farzad um having a bit of a moan about homeschooling not too much because i know a lot of you aren't doing that but some of you are and uh all i'm gonna say is march the 8th march the 8th yeah of course we'll get there and they will as well. They will. And that's what is uh, the most important thing, apart from the fact that I'm a terrible maths teacher. Although I have I've found out I'm quite a good dinner lady. So, swings and roundabouts. So, as we touch on at, at the start of this episode, um, I unlocked the genius show that is I Hate Susie uh, last year. And an actress burst onto the scene um, called Leila Farzad. And I'd never seen her before, and I was blown away. She was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. When someone comes in and makes such an impact on a show, um, I really wanted to reach out and get in touch with her and see if she would come on. And lucky for me and lucky for you, she said yes. So a couple of Saturdays ago, we uh, got together in separate houses, obviously, um, and had a really fantastic conversation. And I know I say this a lot, but when I haven't met anybody or had any sort of communication with them look you don't know what is going on especially now especially now um but it was genuinely like chatting with an old friend and after we stopped recording we ended up uh, talking for another 30 45 minutes after that um and yeah, she's fantastic. And it's very funny. Uh, I haven't told Layla this, she doesn't know. 
at certain people have got in touch with me via DMs going, oh, she's incredible, I want to marry her. And I think after listening to this episode, you will feel the same. So, look, I'm just saying there's a long line um, for taking Layla's hand in marriage. <laughs> Although, you know, she's taken, but uh, she's got a lot of fans out there. And I think she's going to have a fair few more after this episode. Well, let's get down to it. This is episode 142 of the Two Shot Podcast with the remarkable, I must say, Leila Farzad. Enjoy, and I shall see you at the end. Sort of. Um, thanks so much for doing this on a Saturday at the weekend as well. No, that's all um, right. It's all pretty but, much of a muchness, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, apart from the uh, the homeschooling train that mm-hmm. I know we've uh, we've both been on of late. Um, are you getting through that all right? How old is your son? <laughs> he is nine and a half. Okay, so you probably got it tougher than me. She, my daughter's six, um, so we have different challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bless them. It's hard. I know. It's so hard. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and they were asking how he's getting on. And I was saying, well, one, it's, you know, it's no way to be educated. Um, but also, by Friday, his poor eyes and his brain are just frazzled yeah. from being in front of that screen. And I just go, OK, let's just take a bit of time. Let's have some proper time. I'll oh, we have so it. many breaks. Get it off. Just get it off. Yeah. Or you can have a lie-in, anything, just to to get that week just slightly more comfortable for yeah. them. I mean, um, is he, does he do any Zooms or anything? Yeah, he's doing Zoom things. Well, sort of, he's on Microsoft Teams okay, quite a lot. Because I find, I mean, at least six-year-olds, just they just don't like Zoom. They think it's a bit rubbish. Because yeah. they're all there, these little icons of their friends, and they're like, well, how is this fun? And they're no. like, going to do a virtual disco, and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, bless no, but bless you got... the teachers for coming oh, up with that kind of stuff. Bless them. I mean, I was reading a report in, in I think it was in the paper today, or it, might have been, it was early this morning, so it could have been yesterday, but a head teacher was quite angry because even though schools are quote unquote closed, mm-hmm. they ain't stopping. They're working their socks off, trying to organise things in advance, and they don't know what's happening. They don't know if they're going to go back or if they're going to carry on like this for the foreseeable. Oh God! Um, Please, that's just not. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm no I'm no teacher. Let's just yes. put it that way. No, I mean, well, you're not meant to like. You're not meant to operate on your family. You're not meant to teach your own children. There's Mm-mm. a reason, right? Because. You're yeah, too because close. We're, not very, we're not very good at it. I'm no, certainly not. But we, and, we, and you also, you love them, so you're confused because you want them, you can't be objective. So it all gets mixed up and and then we end up rowing. And I'm like, are you happy to send that in? Are you, are you happy with that? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, are you sure? Are you, are you, are you? And then I used to be a tutor, which is a disaster as well. So yeah, nightmare. When were you a tutor? Um, when I was trying to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> because we all know it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, now, when I have actors on the podcast, uh, it's very rare that we go into certain jobs. Because when I first started 
um, planning what I was going to do with the podcast. I thought, well, if I start off with actors, certain people I know, and it'll help me get into it, because I've never done anything like this before, so it's all new territory. But I thought, let's not talk about jobs, because it can be a bit insidery, and it's just sort of, you know... Yeah, it's just dull, isn't it? It's yeah. just really dull. Actors talking um, about acting can be dreadful. I know, I know. And on the face of it, if someone sort of read a blurb for this podcast and go, an actor talking to like other actors, and cre- oh no, that sounds yeah. just but really narcissistic. It isn't what I do. Having, However- said, having <laughs> said that, I do need to start off um, with a little chat. Please. About I Hate Susie. Because I started watching it... Mm-hmm. Um, a long time ago when it first came out and I watched the first episode and I had to switch it off. Now, I'm aware that this sounds very negative. Don't no. worry, it's going, to come, it's going to come full circle. But I was watching it and by the end of it, my anxiety levels were stratospheric and I yeah. could feel my... And I went, I'm not dipping my toe back into that. I need no. to, There's enough going on. It's like a panic, it's like watching a panic attack. It's exactly like that, yeah. And then time passed and I went back in. Um, I think I must have rinsed it all in like two days. It's just exceptional, exceptional telly. And I thought what you did in your character, I'm not going to embarrass you too much, so don't worry. You ca- That first scene, you just came in and you just took charge and I went, who is this? Who is this character? Oh. It was just fantastic. I thought your work was astounding. Everybody's work was astounding. Um, I think it's a real... <clears throat> it's pushing the boundaries of, of television again. It's taking risks, which I think over the years... You can pinpoint certain shows that have taken risks and have been sort of let off the leash and gone, OK, well, you can... You do what you... We trust you. You've got a great team. You do what you need to do and we're not going to interfere just yeah. for the sake of it mm-hmm. was it was it that am i on the right track there was there that yeah freedom? i mean it, we had it was i mean i feel i still feel very so lucky to have been part of it because it was a sort of magical bunch of people coming together writer mm. director co-star um staff i mean billy is like a force of nature and everyone was just there to tell the truth and not make anything sugar-coated or nice or comfortable or neat and tidy um, and show genuine panic and genuine brutal pain, which is really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Hence your, oh, my God, I need to sit. I mean, I had so many texts from friends being like, I, I, I don't know if I liked it. Um, and I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, you're not, it's not designed for you to necessarily like it. It's designed for it to hit something in you and make you feel a bit sick. Mm. Um and um, if you relate to it, it's because it's hit a truthful nerve, isn't it? So, yeah, it was, um, it, it read like that when I was sent it. I was like, oh, my God, I've really, really recognised so much of this. And I never read stuff like this. Um, so, yes, I feel incredibly it, lucky. It, it, it is those moments and they're, they're quite few and far between when, you read something and you go, oh, and it it literally takes your breath away. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lucy so- is is like her ability with words is is extraordinary. Mm. And yeah, I think it did jump off the page, and it just felt honest because so much of 
Um, even good telly, sometimes you're like, oh, that's nice. You've made it nice for us. Looks, that's much, much lovelier than it would be in reality. But this is like, no, we're not yeah. going to make anything nice for you. We're not going to make easy. you comfortable. No. We're not going to make it easy for no, you. No, not easy. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to get some comedic rewards at some point where you will chuckle. Um, but, yes. But you've got, a, you've got a strap in. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's where TV's going now. So I, I hope it feels very zeitgeisty, that show, but I think it's people are pointing in that direction now, which is really brilliant. But I think there's, you know, I think more and more, you know, the top brass are trusting people more with their ideas and they may have gone well I've never read anything like this before I don't know where it's going to go well that's the exciting thing mm. and that's that's what we're not sugarcoating things for the audience or we're not patronizing them um and look there will there has been and there always will be easy Sunday night 7:30 television which is great you know we all need a bit of that of course there's a, there's a time for it. There's a time and a place for everything. I think more and more the boundaries are being pushed. And I think there's a time suddenly... for mashed potato and there's a time to mow through quite a difficult salad. And they both have relevance in your life. They're just for See, different moments in your day or in your week or, yeah. Not See, one is sounds... no more valid than the other. That sounds like the uh, the homeschooling teacher coming out <laughs> on you then on a Saturday. Yeah, I do tend to make everything to a metaphor. But yes, I think um, you're right. Time and place. It's not like binary. It's not like this is bad and this is good. And exactly. we, should, we should only watch this kind of TV. There's space for everything. But exactly. now there's more and more space for a, a more honest portrayal of women, I think, which is delightful for women. Um, and, I fe- and I feel it, re- it did do that. I'd never seen these females. I'd never seen these females on, on my screen before. No. I mean, Angry Women is still... Like a new, we've we've seen the angry young man, who who sort of has this like almost animal quality, but you haven't seen that many angry women that aren't portrayed as hysterical or shrill or, mm. you know, over the top. And this was just a woman dealing with a whole set of emotions, one of which is pure white rage. And it's, I think it's it's a relief because so many women feel the need to suppress it, bottle it paint you know put on their face and pretend everything's fine but as you know there's that little gremlin in you that's like yeah (laughs) and the portrayal of these characters these women that are are, you know sometimes really lost completely lost no they have no idea what they're doing parenting Mm. like interacting in their work life we're all meant to know what we're by this age, you're meant to know by your mid to late 30s, supposedly we were trained that by then, you know, you will have had it, you'll have it all sorted out. You'll know all your rules, but the, there's no rules. We don't know. Every day is different, feel different. Hormones are raging all over the shop. Yeah, it's a minefield. And also, you're, there's no, you know, in lesser hands, you know, we've seen the label put on women as, oh, they're just crazy. Yeah. Oh, God, It's like, fucking, no, we've had enough of that. Yeah, enough of it. It, it, I mean, the word crazy is is not a good word. No, 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 no. No. Um, But yes, I think um, because women ring each other and laugh about their sort of crazy mad spats where they're like, are you, is it, are you, do you get really angry? And I literally have, I mean, so many WhatsApps and calls from friends going, I just feel 
so sensitive today. I just feel so rageful today. And it's so wonderful to see it on a screen and be like, yes, I feel like that all the time. Mm. I feel desperate or I feel lost or I feel manic. And Billy was so good at encapsulating all of that, um, I thought, in the show. Mm. So, yes, bring on all the brutal, honest women shows. (laughs) Well, that's the way forward, surely, for everything. Yeah, to match with the brutal, honest men, of course. We don't want men to then censor themselves. I think everyone should just be a bit more honest because it would make people feel better about how they're feeling. Well, I think over this year, you know, off camera, it's sort of helped everybody to be a bit honest. And that thing of just drop someone a text or give them a call and just have a little check-in and just make sure we're not having one of those manic days or we're having a, a day... The cloud of worry just follows us around on our oh sort of daily walk. You know? I mean, the, the daily walk, which has become sort of almost religious for me, I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. It's the only time I can get out of the house, especially especially on the weeks when I'm homeschooling. It's oh like, my God. we need to get out before <laughs> the darkness descends. There's a blizzard and I'm still going to go out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yes, the ringing people and sharing in the gloom or even having a, a moment where you're feeling better so you can share your the fact that you're feeling better with someone that's having a low moment is so important, isn't it? Mm, and going, absolutely. yes, you know what? I felt like that yesterday. I felt utterly futile and miserable, but you know what? You're going to wake up and it's gonna, you're going to feel better in a couple of days or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, it might not be a couple of days. It might be, it might be a week, but the, yeah. the, the light is there somewhere. It's, I just have to ride it out. <clears throat> yeah, the peaks and troughs of this past year have been quite intense, I think. Yeah. Um, especially, especially, you know, just going back to when we were started about, especially for the little ones. Mm. Sometimes, I mean, not that this is a home homeschooling parenting podcast, but even my little boy said something quite astute um, the other day. He said, "Sometimes when I see other people, because we've been locked down, being by ourselves so long, he finds that." you know, these anxiety levels start to rise because, oh, there's other people, even though they're strangers, and usually yeah. it's like, it's just other people. And yeah, kids, kids it's don't wonderful. Have, kids don't have that barrier. That's why at school they just kind of make friends and just all play together because the barrier isn't there. Yeah, as, yeah. The, the, that happens as an adult. Yeah. She, I just she, felt I mean, a bit sorry for him that, at that yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, that's heartbreaking. Mm. I think they should be touching each other and I mean like in a yeah they should be all over each other they should be you you know in a big mess of games and fun and it's just really weird that they're sat at an iPad being like good morning um but you got we got to do what we got to do they'll be exactly they they I'm hoping they can talk about it like as a as a member they can sort of look back and it, maybe it will make them feel how important the little things are because they were taken away from them, maybe. Exactly. Well, yeah, I think we're all going to hold on and be a bit more grateful. Oh, my God. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, you just going think. and having a drink with a friend. What a luxury. Don't. Yeah. I did, walk past, I did walk past my local pub the other day on the way to get the papers and just and it was all in darkness. And oh. Just went, <sighs> yeah. One day... I walked down the South Bank and that was sad. Yeah, I've seen I've, a few of my friends who are still in London and they sometimes post photos and 
Just go, what, ghost town? It, yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's literally like someone's pressed an off button. And everything's mm. gone, vroom. And you're like, can someone switch it back on now, please? Well, um, we always used to, to joke that opening scene in 28 Days Later when Killian Murphy wakes up in hospital and he's shouting hello and no one's there. And he's, oh, my he's God, going, yes! He's going past the Houses of the Parliament on the whichever uh, bridge it is. And there's just rubbish and a bit of litter and just bin bag blowing, but nobody there. No. And that's exactly what it is now. Yeah. I mean, I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing. No, no. I mean, we're going to get, it's going to get better, right? I I didn't know if you know, I'm not a scientist. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to say it's going to get better. I'm with you. I have to be positive and hopeful. So yes, I'm with you. We we are now claiming that it's going to get better. And there's going to be people next to you eating sweets in the theatre and it's going to annoy you. And then you're going to go to the pub with your friends and it's all going to be... Wonderful again at some point. When were you? You were going to the theatre quite a lot when you were younger, weren't you? I went. To, yeah, I loved. I, I have um, a, a quite an eccentric aunt who really got me into the theatre little, and I just mm. fell in love with it. I went to see. I think I went to see. Um, there was a Wind in the Willows production, I suppose, in the sort of early nineties, where the stage must have been the Olivier. The stage revolved, and there was like Toad, and it was blew my little tiny mind and I was like what that, that's a job what yeah that, that you, looks... you were aware so young that, that you could do well, that as a job well, because I think I saw them coming out of the stage door chatting to each other with like rucksacks on and I made a connection and went oh my god I can't believe that's that's the sort of that's what they that's what they do every day I mean I don't know if I thought it was a job but I knew it was what they were doing every day and you get that's... to dress up and go on stage and entertain people. Yeah, on a revolving stage. And then people applaud you for it. And then you get to hang out with your mates afterwards and have a drink. Um, yes, please. And, yeah, that definitely appealed. Yeah, I loved, I, I still love the theatre. I miss the theatre. Um, but yes, that was my first connection with acting, I suppose. And were you connecting with any sort of drama when you were at school or was it quite purely the academic route no no I um so so I was not bad at school but um I loved acting and um I was at an all-girls school but I played I played from like Hook to Eddie from Vufma Bridge um, all sorts of parts that made me, um, it's weird how many men, how many male, kind of all male, I think we did a man for all seasons, which is just so weird. Why would you do really? that? Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, I think I was Cromwell and like, I mean, it's, yeah. Cause yeah, my, one of my, my friends was, it was Henry VIII. Anyway, so weird. So such a weird choice. Um, but yes, <laughs> I, um, I definitely, uh, fell in love with it. And looked forward to it the most. And it was my favourite lesson. And the teacher was always so much more fabulous than any of the other teachers. It was like the English department and the drama department were the, like, cool departments, weren't they? Yeah, always. Because you were just, you were given, going back to trust, you were given a bit of trust and freedom. Freedom. To, to, to really sort of explore and discover and play. Yeah, go write Whereas, something, go make up a play. Go, go, go off with your partner and make up a skit. I'll meet you back here in half an hour and we're going to show it to everybody. Yeah. Not, not sit down, turn your books to page 44 today. Oh, my God. I was so bad at anything formula. Anything where there's a right or wrong answer, 
is really not my forte. So it panicked me so much in maths that there was just a line at the bottom for you to write your answer. I was like, that's, there's just one. You can't sort of go through an essay and argue a few points. You just, there's just an answer at the end. Yeah. Still stresses me out to this day, even with my daughter's six-year-old maths. Wait till you get on, uh, <laughs> wait till you get on uh, long division. Oh my I god! Mean, I mean, hopefully by that point she'll be she'll be at school and there'll be a qualified. Is maths that what you've tutor. been doing, long division? That's, I've been relearning long division. If I ha- if I hear the phrase bus stop method <laughs> once more, I'm going to really lose my shirt. Oh bless you! Yeah, that's really unpleasant. But no, I mean, <clears throat> I know a lot of a lot of other friends and and people who have got uh, children that age, and they would, I think. The curriculum was, oh, it's long division time because everybody was fucking moaning about it. And yeah. I just went, I'm with you. It's really and hard. it's clearly you use it so much in your life, right? All the time. <laughs> I can't <laughs> stop. You don't see me getting a calculator out. No way. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm sorry about I'm sorry you've got, I'm sorry you've, you've hit the pandemic at long division era. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. I'm just doing photosynthesis. That's interesting. Is it? I mean, up to <laughs> well, a, up to I a mean, point. <laughs> I mean, I'll trade you with a long division anyway. Yeah, no, 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 that's, no, that's, that's true. Okay. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so where was this all-girls school? Uh, was it in London? Yeah, central, like, West London. Right. And um, it, was, it was quite a sort of... Um, there were lots of Harriets and Arabellas, and it was okay. quite, quite a sort of... Um, that feeling to it, um, which was lovely uh, in some ways, but I did <laughs> feel a bit, um, I was aware that I was a bit foreign um, in that we, I would like, I would tell my mum, like when I had friends over, like, don't make Iranian food because like it smells weird, just get frozen pizzas, which obviously now I'm like, oh my God. I was, I didn't really embrace my cultural heritage at, when, as the, I wanted to be, I wanted to have like, the Arabella, you know, the straight silky blonde hair and the little button nose and just, um, I wasn't such a fan of my vibe, (laughs) Um, which is interesting, I suppose. Well, I think a lot of children are like that because everybody sort of wants to be in the same gang. I remember when I was growing up and I hated my name because there was no, because, well, there's no other Craigs at my school. So I wanted to be... Uh, a, a Daniel or a Mark, or yeah. I wanted to sort of be yeah. the same as same because yeah. otherwise I, you you stand out. I don't want to stand out. I want to sort of blend in with that crowd. Yeah, I mean, totally. I, I wanted to be yeah, exactly like Jay. I, I just wanted something that people could pronounce because I got a lot of like farts ad, which was obviously hilarious, and all sorts of stuff that you um. You just kind of try and blend in, don't you? Yeah. Um, were you were you made to feel like an outsider at school at all? Um, I suppose there was a subtle difference between um, mm, there, there weren't that many sort of Middle Easterners in my particular class. So while it was very, it was a it, you know it was a quite an international London school. Mm. I just, I, I felt my otherness to be, I was a bit uncomfortable with it. Um, so I'm not sure if it, if, if it came, it probably did come from outside, but it was never sort of particularly pointed or nasty. I obviously had some really ignorant, like, is your dad Saddam Hussein? That was a 
classic. Wow. And, um, you know, all that kind of, I had a, I had a very bad uni brow and that was mentioned a lot growing up, which I took on the chin. And I suppose I just, I discovered that being funny about stuff like that was the way to get around it. So I became like a funny girl um, because I was this sort of weird looking, you know, this is like heroin chic Kate Moss era. And I had, you know, big frizzy hair and a mono brow and was quite dorky with my braces and was Iranian. And my mum made weird stew that smelled funny and those different languages. So I just was like, I'll be funny. I'll be, I'll, I'll mask a little bit of pain with comedy, I think is what I did little. That sounds way more dramatic than, I mean, I was perfectly happy, but I think that's how I dealt with it. But I think that's a very healthy way of dealing with things because there's no, there's no comeback. If they're, yes. not as sh- if they're not as sharp and they don't have that level of wit that you have, you're winning. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think it can be good. I'm sure, I think I probably became a bit of a people pleaser, which was unhelpful to, you know, you want to ingratiate yourself to the, like, the cool blonde crowd. Um, but, you know, I figured it out eventually. It's just school's a weird time for everyone. It's, it's a minefield. Yeah. And we all know... Kids can be really fucking horrible. Yeah. And really nasty. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have not proper nastiness. And actually, my best friends, a few of my best friends now are still um, my school friends. People oh, I've really? known since I was six. Yeah. And wow. we've gone through all sorts of evolutions together. Evolution? Is that the word I'm looking for? You know, like we've, we've sort of shed yeah. many skins. Mm. Um, the pride you feel when, you, when a friend from age six does something brilliant is quite something isn't it yeah that's I do you have do you have school friends from when you were little not from that little no because i i've moved around a lot so i moved Did you? yeah well i moved from different parts of the northwest and then ended back up in blackpool and then went out into just outside of blackpool um anyway, you're very good you're very clever this isn't about me Oh, it can be a dialogue. Come on, Craig. I don't have no, that is. much to say. No, I don't know. I mean, I found school quite tough, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because there wasn't really... I, I was the drama gang. That, that, was, that was kind, of, was kind of it. Well, kind of, really. I was the only one that, that really wanted to take it seriously. Were you putting on one-man shows? No, Ooh. I wasn't that brave. <laughs> Jesus. No, but you, when drama certainly... At secondary school, there was people who wanted to take that option for a complete DOS. Then there was boys that wanted to take it because they knew that a girl that they liked would take drama. So everybody was taking drama drama option for all the different, you know, reasons. Sometimes selfish and sometimes they just wanted a break. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of weird. <laughs> and you were like, no, I'm, it's important to me. Oh, yeah, I probably t- I think I took it far too seriously. Well, no, but maybe it was important, though. Maybe you I, weren't I, doing I, it to just waste time. No, I think, well, at the time, it was, it was an, an escape, really. Yeah, from the, from the daily drudgery of school. Yeah, of course, because you needed to sort of come alive and feel a little bit of self-worth when mm. you're just looking at that maths board and the numbers are moving around and you're just going, yeah, I, I, this does really not compute. This is like learning, uh, you know, later on I s- tried to learn music theory 
And it was mathematics and music theory, hand in hand for me. I just, just something in my brain just does not compute no, at all. I'm with you with with maths and stuff like that. It's it makes me feel very panicky. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So, did you stay on at that all girls school into secondary school? Did it bleed? I in? did. I, I think that's probably why I've got the friends I went. I stayed in the same school from six to eighteen, which is mm. quite weird in some ways, but it became a very friendly, familiar place where I think I felt comfortable enough to be myself eventually. Um, And, yeah, did a lot of drama. Um, But um, I am an only child from a, you know, a Middle Eastern family, so the academics were quite important. And I had a, you know, not, not pressure, but it certainly was, you know given a lot of um like merit to do well at school it was important yeah so um to your to your parents to my mum I I was raised just by my mum right um so um I was aware that I was like oh I really want to do this but obviously if I'm doing well at school then the call of perhaps university and some kind of vocational job will will be coming our way. And Iranian mothers, Iranian families do like to get, a, you know, get together and go like, and what's she going to do? And bloody blah's going to be a doctor and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And like, and oh, she's a lawyer. And my mum was like, oh, I don't know yet. I'm, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be something brilliant. And I was like, I think I want to be an actress. <laughs> um, which I think slightly broke her heart. And she was like, no, it's a, it's a phase. It's a hobby. It's a phase. It's like cooking. You don't want to do that forever. And so... Um, we had my poor mum. I think it comes from worry, not from sort of spite or anything. I think she no, just thought, how on earth is she going to live her life in this weird, you know, not in merit-based a- industry necessarily where you can get on a ladder and climb? But such a, preca- a precarious profession. Right. And my mother's you know? a nervous a character anyway. She's a bit of a kind of, yeah, she's, she's, a, bit, she's, a, she's a nervous worrier. So I'm sure she was like, oh, please, not acting, just something a bit more stable. <laughs> um, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I had to um, twist her arm and go through all sorts of, jump through some hoops for her. Um, so I went but to... Then I, she, but, the, but then she was with you at the end when... Well, we, she, she, bro- we, she brokered a deal where she said, if you, get, if you can go to a, a good university and get a degree then I will talk to you about drama school because I want you to she kept saying I want you to have a second string to your bow which I still don't really understand as an expression but I, I think it means something to fall back onto if it all goes yeah she means, she means the backup plan and you yeah know, you know inevitably things don't you know they don't go to plan you can't I know plan you're it. telling me well, so we'll get on to that in a minute so um so you went to university because I went to university. That was the deal. To, yes, to right. please her, mm. and um, I didn't have a very nice time because I wasn't doing what I loved, and I found it very hard. Um, and um, what were you studying at, at university? I studied French and Italian. Right, because that that was what I was. I was all right at languages, so I just went mm. with that. Um, but. Yeah, I was surrounded by really hard workers that were quite passionate about it and, you know, were going for quite powerful jobs. And I was like, I'm kind of here to just, like, 
get to the next stepping stone, which is what I actually want to do. Um, so yes, and then I left, and I think she thought by then, by the time she leaves, she will have forgotten all about this acting oh, nonsense. Also, oh, this phase that she's going through by yeah, come the next on three now. years. That'll yeah, yes. right, okay. She'll see the light. She'll yeah. see the light. She'll mm. want to go to an office every day, and you know, be in a stable profession. Sadly, um, well, I then applied to law school and secretly applied to drama school. Oh, I didn't did tell you? her, and I thought I'll only really I'll tell her if I get in. Um, so, um, I, I, um, d- got into a couple and then laid, laid it down for him. I was like, so I've got into this really lovely school and <laughs> I think I'm going to go. Cause I did do the, yeah. So she just was like, okay, listen, you've proved yourself. You've clearly, I can't, you can't stand in the way of, you, you can't be the, per- you can't be the person that you know, someone turns to for the rest of their life and go, you didn't let me follow my dream. Yeah. And she, also she, she can't backtrack now because no. she laid, she laid it down. She, she was the one that laid right. those rules down and you followed it to the letter. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I went to, um, Guildhall, which I, I really enjoyed actually. Did you have a good time? I had, I, I had a, I think good is the wrong word. I think, mm. um, it's quite brutal. Did you go to drama school? I did. I went to Mount View. I found it quite brutal as well. It's yeah. brutal, right? So, mm. so they kind of, they try and strip you. At least Guildhall tried to sort of strip you down to like tabula rasa, so that they could then build you up. I think that was their aim. Uh, yeah, <clears> they all seem to fo- uh, they all seem to to follow that same path. Yeah, what's that about? Because that's I quite painful. <laughs> I'm still um, trying to work it out. I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago. Um, about accents and about how they sort of, you know, try and take that off you and give you some sort of, you know, neutral mask of an accent. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Want to? What is that? I don't want to discuss about neutral mask. That was traumatizing. Anybody listening who's been to drama school, you'll understand. Yeah, and anybody Mar- that Mar- hasn't, Mar- then don't worry. You, you've uh, <laughs> that's uh, a fate worse than death. Um, I don't know. I've always sort of held on to to my roots and my well, what makes you interesting and who you are and what I had I have I have quite splayed feet when I walk um which I've got from my mum and I remember Giltor being like now you cannot walk onto a stage as Lady Macbeth with splayed feet because she 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 just wouldn't move and I was like why she might have splayed feet what a ridiculous thing to say. And I was so shamed for my splayed feet. I'm still, I mean, I still, if I'm walking into an audition or something, I'm very aware of my like little duck feet. But um, stuff like that, I just thought was very odd to sort of take the essence of you. I mean, I'm sure there's there must be real r- reason to it. But at the time... Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was it was very strange. And just the art, the, there was an obsession with RP when we were there, which now yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that's gone. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking to a, um, quite a recent drama school leaver next week. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually find that out. You because should, I, surely. I, I, tend, I haven't spoken to, to anybody in that position. So, and things like this have come up in the past when I've had conversations going, surely that's changed by now, because that was a few years ago, and surely... Well, I don't know, well, we'll soon find out. Yeah, do ask, because I'm interested. 
because that mm. that feels so hackneyed and weird. Well, it seems te- archaic. I mean, it's yes. Do we want everybody coming out of their training on a conveyor belt? Um, you know, not necessarily looking, but certainly sounding the same. I agree. A- absolutely not. I mean, I, that's I what puts you to sleep in the theatre. That those bad Shakespeare's we all saw where everybody has that weird heightened Shakespeare voice, the RP yeah. Shakespeare voice, where you're like, I can't, I'm so tired, I don't understand, because I've just zoned out. I'm trying to make sense of what you're saying. You know, when you're younger and you're yes. trying to sort of dissect and process what is going on with this this brand-new language that you find enthralling, but you at the moment I have no idea what is going on. And you're prancing around pretending to be John Gielgud. You're not making it accessible for me. And certainly not now when I think of um, 13, 12, 13, 14-year-olds, you know, going to the theatre. It's not accessible for them. No, it's not, it's a, it doesn't, it's not relevant. It doesn't, they can't connect with it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, hopefully that will change. There's nothing more wonderful than hearing someone make Shakespeare sound like real English. Oh, like, my, oh my God. God, I understand. Do you know, I, no, to my shame, I've never seen this actor live on stage. But do you remember um, a couple of years ago? I mean, for the most part, it was awful. But they were doing it, like I said, I shouldn't have said that. We'll cut that out. I'll, no, we won't cut it out. No, don't cut um, it out. I'd, I'd never cut anything out. Um, they were doing a night at the National Theatre and it was like celebrating... Like oh, yes. Years and years and years. So people would come on and, and do a scene from X and one person would come on and do a, a soliloquy from Y. And I found it sort of... It was, you know, I was clenching my teeth and I just found it a little bit itchy. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit... Mm. Yeah. And then Simon Russell Beale came on stage and, to my shame, I can't rem- actually remember now what he was doing, but it was certainly Shakespeare... And it made complete sense. And he was talking as if he was talking to the for the first time and everything coming out of his mouth made sense. And he wasn't acting. Yeah. And it was gobsmacking. Wow. It was gobsmacking. Yeah. And I just thought, like oh, that's it. That's it. Oh, so there's you and there's Mark Rylance, right? Okay. Or you, Mark Rylance, Juliet Stevenson. Ben Whishaw. <laughs> Ben, which again, you know, these these people who are making sense of this language, yeah, so therefore, it. that is going to um, engage something in a, a you know a fourteen year old who's never seen a Shakespeare play before, and they go, "Oh my god, well, you just opened that door for me. I'm going to go and discover all this for myself now." Right. It's invaluable. Things like that are invaluable, rather than some great, sort it, of pompous um, man bellowing at you where you're just like yeah. I just feel like you're shouting at me why I'm not I haven't come here for to, to sit and look at a preacher please <laughs> no. but also you know it's these incredibly dangerous sometimes uh, and interesting directors who are, are going right let's strip all this away this is this is boring and it's yeah. been done and if and if we're bored imagine what they're going to be like up in the gods, back, back, back of the gods. Like you gotta put those. Yeah, for God's sake, just entertain. Yeah, but I, I remember years ago I went to see um, a Martin McDonough play at the Young Vic, and I went in the evening, 
and I'm not joking, it was full of maybe 15, 16-year-olds, full. It was like a fucking rock concert. They were shouting out, no, look, I can't believe that, like, during the performance. And it was it was just so heartwarming. Yeah, Because you're going... And I'm sure there may have been other people in the auditorium who were quite stuffy and didn't th- think that was appropriate, but it was because they were connecting with what they were seeing on yeah. stage. And it was the most alive that that, that space has been for me. I thought, oh, no, this is who I want to go and see theatre with. This is yeah. really... And it wasn't inappropriate at all. Mm. It I was It was magical. I love that. I, I mean, also, they feel like they've got a right to be there. It doesn't feel like a kind of elitist thing that they somehow can't access the fact that everybody from the stuffy to those 15 year olds are all sitting in the same room watching the same thing having different experiences with it is that's what you want isn't it yeah exactly but sometimes even i i think i sometimes feel like that when i go to certain certain theaters because there's there's you're sat with the quote-unquote the patrons of of the theater and this is this is our theatre, and this is what we do here. Well, no, let's just rip up the rule book and make this accessible for everybody. Yeah, totally. Because, because you know what, that person down there, down that road, has got so much fucking talent, but they don't have fifty five pounds to spend on a theatre ticket to go and see this. That might spark something in them. That might yeah. change something. They might 55? be talking about it. In- Sometimes it's eighty five. I mean, that's, it's, it's just, just disgusting. Yes, I agree. I but. remember when I was at drama school and I, it was the most I'd ever paid for a, a theatre ticket. It was to go to the Donmar. And I think it was, I think it was £26, which was like a shitload shit of, load of money. That meant I had to work some extra shifts in Pizza Hut in Wood Was Green. it good? Tell me it was good. It was really good. Oh, it was really good. It was, um, and it was the Blue Room with Nicole Kidman mm. and Ian Glenn. Oh my god, that was massive! And it was that huge. was such a big deal. I remember that. Well, it was the time when you know movie stars don't go on stage, but also it's a really cracking play. And That's Ian great. Glenn was just incredible, and she was, and and I, I was gonna because I interviewed Nicole Kidman a, a few months ago, and. There was a part of me, when I was doing a bit of research, there was part of me going, should I say that I went to see her? And I went, no, I'm not going to say that. I feel too... Because I think she got did she, I think she got naked in it, right? And that, that was the press oh, were going... I think she did. Something happened about... It was some sort of scandal that the press got hold of. And I thought, oh, God, I don't want to... I don't want to say that. And then her think that I'm some sort of drama student perv saying oh, I went to save the yeah. money to go and see you yeah, at the I really enjoyed your nude scene. <laughs> it changed it changed my drama Maybe school. Maybe you want to be an actor. <laughs> you imagine if you took that the wrong way. Yeah. Luckily she didn't and she was very nice. But yeah, I mean there are great there are great institutions that are opening the door and making things more accessible for uh for the younger students now. Yeah. Oh god yeah. I mean Let's hope it it can carry on after this mess. Um. Yeah, you'd hope. So, on graduating from drama school, how Mm. how were you feeling about stepping out? Because initially, quite optimistic because you're (laughs) (laughs) because you've been in this weird cocoon where you've just been like 
be a piece of spaghetti and oil on the floor, move through it. And you're like, yeah, this is going to be fine. It's fine. (laughs) And also you've just done loads of theatre training. You haven't done tele training. We didn't at least. We did, I think we did like two hours with some random dude in a basement somewhere, which was just Again, I'm going to see next week if that's changed because we were more or less the same. A couple of hours handed in some old scripts from like casualty. Yes, yes. It was a bit like doing drama school, drama class at high school. Go off for half an hour in your pairs, do that, and then we're going to get a camera and I'm going to tell you exactly how shit you are and why you've gone wrong. Right, literally word. I mean, it was so weird. So odd when I look back on it. I think I did a scene from Network, which clearly I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then I was critiqued for being dreadful. Uh, So, yes, I left Guildhall with that kind of like, you know, I'd, I'd had Patsy Rodenberg telling me how to speak and be on voice and connect mm. and be present. I was like, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to get an agent. And then, like, yeah, the kind of the, the um, horrible reality of what it is set in, um, which sounds, again, perhaps too strong, but... I don't think I understood quite how much prep maybe you need to do before auditions initially. Mm. I think I, I think maybe the arrogance of youth, I think I was like, I just rock up and, you know, do my thing. And of course, no, no, you need to do the work, as to quote Patsy Rodenberg. Absolutely. And, and also, um, looking the way I did back then, I was very much um, <clears throat> terrorist's wife, you know, Arabian Nights. Um, I never went up to play someone called Lydia or Lucy or... It was always, like, you know, quite stereotypical. It would be... we'd I'd show up at Spotlight and it'd be me and, like, six other brown girls, I'm putting that in quotes. Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, ah, oh, yes, you're here for the um, the wife that shouts, no, Muhammad, please, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be, you know, like the Pakistani girl, an Iranian girl, an Indian. And I was like, this is not great. Um, but you're so happy to have auditions that you just sort of um, go with the flow. I, my, my, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say it, but I know. My, my first agent was, well, they were not very nice to, to me. Um, and... Um, he sort of fat shamed me, one of the main agents. Which, he what? Like, he, he basically told me to lose weight, which I just sort of can't get my head around now. I was young and really, not. I mean, not that it matters whether I was slim or not, but I was just this sort of normal girl. And he, I remember him sitting me down going, now the thing is, um, I'm really good friends with um, Jennifer Connolly. I was like, good for you. And he said, you know, she doesn't even eat potatoes on Christmas Day. That is how committed she is to her body. Carbs are a no-no. So I think if you if you want to take yourself seriously, if you want to be a lead role, if you want to go to the States. And I said, no, I, I don't really, I just sort of want to do some plays. I, I don't, um, but he pretty much in front of the whole office was like, you need to drop some weight. Sorry, in front of the whole office? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah, that, that. Like it, wasn't, is, like it wasn't outrageous enough him saying that to oh, you no, no. one on one. He, he said he, that in front of the yeah, office. Yeah, he was, it was so upsetting. And I remember, you know, when you sort of go a bit deaf because you're in shock 
when someone's yeah. told you something terrible. Mm-hmm. So I remember sitting there going, because I even remember what I was wearing. So clearly I've got trauma because I'm sure I tugged at my top and was aware of my belly hanging over my trousers and um, left and was like, I, I'm, so, I'm sure I didn't sign up to be a model. What, what's just happened? Um, needless to say, they, they were... Yeah, but, they, you know, the more people I hear who've been with that agency, the more they, they were pretty... They are... I don't know if they're still around. They're, they're pretty toxic, particularly to women. Um, so that... You can combined, tell me who they are later. I will. Oh, oh yeah. I will. Don't you worry. I, I've, n- I've heard... That's awful. I mean, I've, obviously, I've heard, you know, stories of that ilk coming from uh, L.A. Oh, yeah. But... but no, this is a British agency. Um, yeah, it really, it really, um, it, that is going to really shake you up. I mean, oh my God. And you're not, and you're not, you're being seen for sort of quite small niche parts. And you know, the whole auditioning is just a brutal thing to put yourself through. It's just utterly horrendous. So to add into the mix, you're also, you, you look a bit different. So you, you're only being seen for these parts, which is fine, uh, which was fine at the time. Uh, cause I didn't know to, I didn't dare to think broader. I do remember thinking, I'm sure I could, but no, they, they, um, pretty much. But you see, but you see, the thing is, it's not just about you thinking, um, in, in a broader perspective. It's, it's the writers and the people in charge to go, well, it doesn't say it in the script. So it's, it's a blank canvas. It could Mm -hmm. be anybody. And she's it, just fact, Lydia. The character is just or yeah. whatever. Pick a name, but what what does it matter what she what her shell is? And you know, slowly but surely, it's it's been moving in that direction. Oh for God! The pa- I mean, for the past few years, much. I mean, beyond it's incomparable now. When I when I look back, um, so when did you give that awful agency the heave ho? We gave each other the heave ho, I suppose. I started, I started piping up about stuff, and then ironically, they sent me a really nasty letter on my birthday. Classy <laughs> move. Classy move. Uh, being like, you know, this and that, and I r- rung and we had a long chat, and I did. I was agentless for a while, which is like being in free fall, obviously, when you're a young actor who doesn't mm-hmm. have much to their name. Um, so when did you start to feel, wait a minute, I've got to, I've got to not be going up for the wife or oh, I the didn't. terrorist. You, I you didn't, didn't really. I, I mean, I, I did a little bit of telly, bits and pieces, and I had some, um, oh, it's down to you and someone else. So close. I had so many of those. Awful. Um, they really loved you. They they really, do you know what? If they really loved me, I'd be doing it. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat I mean, this for me. I know. And, and I, I think it's hard for agents to make that call when you have to tell your client that they didn't and it, it was down to the wire. And I wonder how much they embellish depending on how needy the client is sometimes or what the client's going through in, that, in their life at that time. I think they have to. I think a really good agent would be extremely sensitive to the individual's situation. Mental health, right. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, So I had a lot of, I remember like, yeah, I mean, I did, I had a a lot of close calls and then I think, 
when there's that terrible cycle of you haven't worked enough, so every audition is far too important. So you go in and you're just a ball of nerves and you're in people-pleasing mode and you you get that thing I was talking about where I go a bit deaf because I'm so nervous. I'm not really listening to what they're telling me to do. I'm just like, hello. Um, yeah, just, it, yeah. you turn the, the people in front of you and they're talking, you see the mouths moving, but because you're so wound up inside and you're like a washing machine, your stomach's going round and round and round, they just turn into the teacher from Charlie Brown and it's just... Yeah, you're just nodding your head. Yep, 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 yep. No idea what you're talking about. Oh, my God. You're so, yes, that's exactly the teacher from Charlie Brown. I remember having a meeting. I was so nervous and I went in and my, I don't know what happened. My brain just became like a puddle and I could just see all their faces sort of, oh, oh dear, oh what's happened? <laughs> and I was like, Meh. and I thought, maybe I'm going to faint. I don't know what's going to, what's happening right now. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to walk through down St. Martin's Lane and like cry to myself and eat an egg sandwich, which is what I always do after a bad audition. <laughs> I go to Pret and I eat an egg sandwich. You've got to have your rituals. Right, because you don't really have to chew it. It just dissolves in your mouth <laughs> and you just think about how utterly shite you are. Um, and that was... <laughs> That was one of the latest memories of... Because, that again, that wasn't about being Middle Eastern or that was finally, like, an interesting... It wasn't for the leads or anything, but it was a, it was a decent part. Um, and I just fucked it, like, beyond belief. And then calling, having to ring your agent and be like, I'm so sorry. And then her saying, yeah, they said you were a bit off. <laughs> like, yes, I basically had a complete breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Silently. Um, and they say, yes, I had... I, I'm not... I wasn't very good at auditions um particularly as the months of not working past it just becomes but that's that's the thing it builds and builds right it it, because as with anything if you have regular auditions i mean some uh, they're still awful because it's first day of school again and again and so but you do try and get better but you get into a rhythm if you have more and more so as nervous as you are, maybe we start to contain it or take control of it a bit more instead of it taking control of us. Um, but if you're, if there's a massive drought and they're not going to be regular... Yeah. I remember when I was living in New York and I just decided to take a few months off, but I was doing some auditions anyway. You live, just, living in New York as an actor? I, or? I was, uh, well, no, I was... I'll tell you after. Um, (laughs) And I was so surprised by how different it was in there because I would go into a room, the camera was there, the assistant would be behind the camera, they would go, hey, name's camera, okay, let's go, do the scene, see ya, boom, out. Oh, and is that better? Well, it was, I was a bit shell-shocked at first because I wasn't used to all that. I I was used to the... Hi, how are you? What you doing? What you did? And the little, all this pleasantries and the small talk that I'm sure some people think oh, relaxes them. No, 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 no. It doesn't. It no, doesn't. It's disingenuous most of the time, so it's not relaxing. They don't actually yeah. care about how you got to the audition, do they? I, know, I mean, so, maybe they do. Come on, let's. Surely there's a better question to ask than how did you get here. <laughs> So, I'm just not... I mean, it's taken me so long, because um, I 
when I, I do the podcast, it's like we sit down, we have a drink, we have a cup of tea. Maybe if we're Jodie Whittaker, we have a scone. Um, we, you know, we were there in person, and it, I found adapting to this method. I know some podcasters just absolutely love it. I can't. I mean. Th- this is an exception, obviously, because I'm really enjoying this. But it <laughs> took me a it whatever, Craig. It took me ages to 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 break down the screen. There was like a barrier. I found yeah. it so impersonal. Cool. It really... would be different if we were sitting somewhere now. I mean, it would it yeah. would be it would it, we, we would read each other m- more. I don't know. I mean, that sounds creepy, this, but no, no, no. I understand what you mean. It's you can like if I'm talking to somebody. And we take a left turn and it goes down quite a, a dark moment in their past. Yeah. There is something when I'm sat next to that person that I can read whether they want to go. Do we, do we want to carry on going downhill? Or do you want me to shut up shop and we'll, you want me to, you know, do you want to geographically take this conversation in a different place? Or are you happy to go with that? I, I can see that now. Um, yeah. But with this, mm, I d- I, yeah, uh, you're reading the nuances of a 2D face on your yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bonkers. It's bonkers. But we have to do what we have to do. Yes, and we're very lucky to be doing it. <clears throat> she says. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. I it's, understand. It's, ni- it's nice to, you know, to talk. I think it's very nice to talk to talk to nice people. Exactly, and sometimes when. You're the only conversations you have physically week in, week out is with a nine year old, and you're trying to, and you just hear yourself go, Keep please focus, stop looking out the window. Remember, six, six is even less focus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, to know girls and boys, different focus, different, no different. If I'm if I'm looking on that Microsoft Teams thing sometimes and I go, look at her, she's done all her work. <laughs> I'm not yeah. comparing you to her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. Go upstairs. Whip. Whip. I'm a terrible father. I'm terrible yeah. dad. Um, did you find that auditioning for theatre was broader in terms of parts? Did it uh, oh yeah. Open oh up- god, yeah. I mean, and much more colorblind, which is not with, with, it's an annoying word, but it was it wasn't my name was not was irrelevant. Yeah. Um I find theatre's got its different it's, it's got other things that are tricky about it. Like it feels quite cliquey sometimes, doesn't it? It feels like the same people, you know, hire the same people and it's oh yes, yeah, so you were in that production of yeah, I've seen you and you're like, oh god, you've all like you're in this like you've got to perforate that cliqueyness, mm. which um, it sounds negative, but I think it's people. Obviously, they reemploy people that they trust and they know can do the job. But I, that's understandable. So, because so I, I had my daughter, and then I sort of really lost confidence. I suppose um, I found it quite a big adjustment having a, a child, and um, the idea of acting felt like sort of odd in some ways when be- be- because you'd become a mother I I become a mother um I had a bit of postnatal depression um which attacks your self-worth anyway and I hadn't done enough acting before I had her to feel um empowered with it I was still like I think I'm a bit 
shit or I think I'm not, maybe I shouldn't be doing it or mm. I haven't been given the opportunity. It depends on my mood. Either I hadn't been given opportunities or I was just fundamentally rubbish. So there was a lot of like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do something else. Maybe I'll train to be a psychotherapist or, you know, what actors go through that roster of stuff that they might do instead. <clears throat> and then um, I uh, did a, I was in a, I was in Julius Caesar and that was a big turning point where I felt my confidence go back up and I was like, no, I do love this. I do really love this. I haven't fallen out of love with it. It is something that makes me so happy mm. um, and that I feel like my brain just fits well with and I like the people and um, so that was... That getting that small part in that big play was um, quite important for me. It was it was a not an easy um, thing to do for various reasons. But was that I, your was that your sorry to interrupt? Was that your first job back after having no, a daughter? No, I'd done a couple. No, I'd had a, done a couple of tellies. One of them. I mean, I don't think I was really ready to be in front of a camera because. I've just got, like, sad, dead eyes. <laughs> I think I'm playing a liaison officer. It was for some ITV drama. And I'm just like, I'm like, give this woman a hug. I mean, it came on It came on the other day. And we were, I was crying, laughing, going, look at my face. I mean, I'm so sad. I mean, it's extraordinary that people haven't called, like, someone to help me. Because I wasn't like, I didn't think, I don't think I was ready to be filming this sort of gritty drama in Ireland with, you know, sore boobs and it was too, it was too soon, too soon for me. I mean, I know a lot of women bounce back to work immediately, but... It's it's exposing anywhere at the best of times. Right. So if you haven't got your suit of armour on and you're feeling... You're having a wobble. ...fully equipped, oh, (laughs) no, no. Don't look at that monitor. I'm not Uh, watching that back. I mean, no, no, watching back, God. No. I mean, that's, yeah. It's it's not it's not a great bit of acting, um, but um, <laughs> it was something to bung on the CV. And um, I, I I was often cast as sort of because I've got quite I think it's because I've got a deep voice which is um, relatively RP. So I'm often cast as people that like diagnose. So I, I diagnosed a brain tumor. I was a family liaison officer. I'm always like I'm so sorry to tell you. There's a lot. And that's like. That seemed to be my repertoire for a while. Um, the, vo- the voice of authority. The thought uh, and reassuring a reassuring tone. Um, I'm sure if I, had, <laughs> if I if I was doing voice work, yes, like the, the play was much more of a turning point for some reason. I don't know why, but I really felt different um, after that. I was like, no, I I think I'm going to really try and do this properly. And fall back in love with it. Because I yeah. think I'd fallen out of love with it. Well, that's the thing. That happens across the way, doesn't it? Because it only takes one job or, or, or one comment or something and it just derails you. Awesome. And you just think... And it's again, it's sometimes, it's, sometimes it's about self-worth and you think, well, I, I, look at, well, look at them. Or, I was oh, talking yeah, to look some, at them is awful. Awful. I was talking to some younger actors... Um, before Christmas, who were in their second year, 
you know, and they were doing productions over Zoom and it was, like, oh, so no. sad. Um, and so I was good. saying... I was telling them... I was trying to tell them stuff that they probably won't be told. Some of it quite honest and brutal stuff, but I wish someone had told me. And, and someone asked... I forget what the question was, but... I said, well, don't you don't need to concern yourself with what they're doing or what they're because that they're a completely they're they're an individual. You're an individual. Focus on what you're doing. And I tell you what, if you're going well, um, but but they're 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 constantly working and they're doing this. I bet you any money that person that you're looking at is looking at somebody else totally. going. Oh well, and it just well, when does that ever stop? So I, I, I mean, was saying, you know, when does bad. that stop? Maybe when you're George Clooney. <laughs> no. And you're doing humanitarian work and you realise that there's other yeah, stuff that's in, important in, too. In, in, in between flogging coffee. Yeah, come yeah, on. That's, yeah. that's, not, <laughs> yeah, that's not the best example. Yeah, right. All right. I'm just, just trying to know. think of a really famous know. person. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know when things like that actually stop. I mean, you look, it's easy for me to say it, but it's it, you know, sometimes it's very hard because... Because of the the lack of control and the precarious nature of the industry, of course you're going to be looking. It just happens. Yeah, of course. But I think what what I was trying to get across to, to that student was you can't let it control you, otherwise it'll eat you up. And you know what you're talking about, the confidence that you need to audition. Mm. You're going to have nothing. Nothing yeah. at all. Oh, God. Are you... So that play, that was a turning point. So that sort of refilled your sort of tank and, and your love yeah. for what and you're going to do. I, and I, um, I'm just, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just getting my charger. He's over because... it. He's bored. <laughs> I'm, not I'm like, let I'm me just... tell you about the Shakespeare play I did. It's really interesting, you. Craig. He's asleep. He's so bored. No, I thought I had... Wait there. <clears throat> I feel like I'm quite yes. claggy. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I feel I'm quite claggy. I keep having to clear my throat. It's quite it's not very appealing for you. you sorry you, about that. You, 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 you neither look nor sound claggy. Can you look oh, claggy? Look, no, mean, you can I'm look. Sure, you, you can. can. No, you can look clammy. No, craggy. I've, I've to, craggy. Yes, that occasionally has happened. Um, uh, right. So you're going to make a concerted effort after this Judy series yes. to really yeah. focus. I thought. I thought. Um, it, yeah. I, maybe it reignited my ambition. Um, which was never, I was never, um, I never really had that like cutthroat, aggressive ambition. I, I felt I was lacking that. Um, and um, I'd sort of, you know, watched a lot of my friends rise and gone to see all their plays and watched all their tellies and been like, okay, well, I guess it's not going to happen for me. Um, but that play made me go, no, I, yeah, no, I think I, I think I really do want to do this. Um, and then I did a, another play. And um, then I probably had some, you know, there were auditions for tellies that I didn't succeed in. And then along came the Susie audition, which um, was a massive game changer. And just speak, carrying on with speaking about auditions, how were you going into this audition that was going to change everything because... It was, it was a self-tape. It was a self-tape. Ah, the first, okay. The first round. Well, I sent in um, a very OTT self-tape, which 
I thought was hilarious, but they were like, no, this is awful. <laughs> and I got feedback, which was, no, this is a, like a real, this is a show with realism. And this, I don't know what, who this, what this is, but it's like restoration comedy. We're not having this. And then I uh, said, I, I think I want to send in another tape. And they were, I'd missed the mark so badly that they went, fine. So I recorded another tape, um, which was more, whatever, gritty, honest. Because I really believed I knew who Naomi was. Mm. And, and that I, could, I thought I could, I could figure her out. And they seemed to like that. So they called me in for one of, uh, one of my auditions. But the audition process for Susie took um, five months. So I, you know... Round was, after round. Well, yes, I, I think sent in the tape, didn't hear anything. Um, come in for an audition, maybe six weeks later, did an audition, didn't hear anything. No, they, they've gone a different way. Okay. Then another seven weeks later, actually, they've just rewatched your tape. They want you to come back in. Like, uh, oh. <laughs> it's like, so it was, yeah, so it's quite... Um, you know you're nauseating so I was like oh stop it stop dangling the carrot exactly um but um I do think it's incredible though um and for anybody listening outside of the profession this never happens very rarely is you do something so off the mark but they come back and give you feedback and was, then let I mean, you go again. That, that very rarely happens. I think that's incredible. I, I, I mean, I think that's testament to the um, to what a cool team it was. I mean, it was that Carleen Crawford, who's the casting director, is a gem. Yeah. Um, and um, I think she she fed back like, ah, oh, this is not right. And my agent also went, no, no, she can do it. Let her send in another tape. So someone, there was some, someone was on your someone, in your corner. And there. Georgie, the Georgie Banks Davis, the director, I'm sure. I mean, someone out there went, No, love, what is this? This is not this is not um the kind also, of writing we're going for. But also, they must have seen something. They must have seen a glimmer of something. You say that, but they saw <laughs> many people for this part and they couldn't find her. And I think they got quite um they were despairing because they saw all different kinds of actresses. And they kept saying, we just couldn't find the person that seemed to be the right fit for Billy. Because Billy is obviously quite specific and mm. was looking, they were looking for, I think, not a straight man, but someone that was really going to be her, you know, her, 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 her yin, the yin to her yang. Yeah. Um, oh God, she's so not a straight man. She's hilarious. Right. So she's, she's all, she's, she's all gut and she's so demonstrative and they wanted, I don't know, whatever they were looking for, they couldn't find it. And I think that's why. I think they were going, you know what, fine, send in another tape. We cannot find this girl. So I think, you know, I could have got unlucky and they could have found her and then that would have been it because you don't, you don't often get a second chance like that. No. As we well know. Yes. Um, well, so, I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm really thrilled that they did give it to you. Oh, well, so, so am I. Because I, um, I, I know so I'm, many of my peers who, who think you're brilliant. Oh, that's very nice. I feel like a bit as, like I've got... Imposter. As do I. Oh, well, that's very nice. Thanks, oh, Craig. don't! I mean, look, don't even go there with the imposter syndrome. No, no, I mean, because... I, I'm aware you sound falsely modest. I don't mean to sound. I just, it, it, if something like this comes to you quite late, I think you feel a bit like it does. It's so wonderful, but it's also you're, you're in a bit of you're very surprised and 
thrilled. But in a way, that's what is forever interesting about this profession. You, and as, as much as we all moan about the lack of control and we don't know where it's all going, it just goes to show it, it doesn't matter because it only takes, it only takes one awful self-tape <laughs> <laughs> to point you in the right direction of where you need to I go. Mean, clearly, sometimes... Sometimes you just some, someone's smiling down on you, and you have all the right chemicals coming together to have something work in your favour. But I do feel very lucky. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that, um, yeah. I'm bet gobsmacked. That's lovely. That's a really lovely way to end it. I'm sorry I've taken up so much of your no. Saturday afternoon time. No, don't um, you worry. Thanks so much for Thank coming on. Thank you for on. having me, Craig. It's been oh, a real pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Well, when... like, a war- like a warm bath. That's, well, that's, <laughs> that was the pitch. That was what I was going for. Um, and when we can get together, we'll go, I'll take you out for a, a cup of tea and a slice of cake in yes, London. Yes, please. Um, well, look, thank you so much, Leila. Thank you, Craig. Take care. I'll speak to you speak soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Another episode is done. What did I tell you? Yeah, isn't she just brilliant? And more fantastic news for those of you that have done your homework that I set last week. Yes, I can see you at the back. Those who didn't finish I Hate Susie Series 1, you better get up to speed because it was announced this week that I Hate Susie is coming back for a second round, and I, for one, cannot wait. Um, so a massive thank you to Layla for giving up a Saturday afternoon of like a couple of hours um, to sit and natter with me. Uh, I, I enjoyed it immensely, and I really hope you did. Um, so look, that's it, really. Oh, now look. I can't say too much because I'll get in trouble. But th- if you listen to this on Thursday, this Sunday, do keep an eye out on the socials, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, probably my Twitter and Instagram rather um, than the podcast. I've got an announcement about something very exciting I don't know why I put a question mark on that it is exciting, it's really exciting Um, but we're announcing it on Sunday so um, yeah, let me know what you think because it's going to involve you I'm going to need your help and support with it and feedback Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to um, tie my tongue and not say anything else. Anyway, Sunday, keep an eye out. Um, right, well, look, thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. And I know times are tough. If you feel you can support us this month, we're on Patreon. Go there, there are a few tiers. You can throw us some shekels. Uh, and support this free podcast that is coming and has been coming to you 
four, am I going like three years? I think we're coming into, this is coming into our fourth year. Wow. Um, but if not, do you know what? Don't worry about it for now. Because maybe there'll come a time when you can support us. If not, somebody else will be supporting you, supporting us, if that makes sense. But you know what you can do? And it's completely free. Word of mouth. Tell a friend. Share it on social media. Tell somebody who's never listened before, who may like, I don't know, they may be into Doctor Who, so they might want to listen to Jodie Whittaker or Mandip Gill. Uh, They might be a big fan of Mark Strong or Danny Mays. They might love Temple. They might love Kingsman. They might have watched Des recently, you know, last year, which was a huge hit for ITV. Um, They might like Supergrass. They might want to listen to a conversation with Gaz Coombs, who's brilliant. Oh. I know, we miss live music, don't we? Yeah, we'll get back there. Um, uh, Look, there's loads. You know there is. All the regulars know. People that are up to speed know. Do what you need to do. I am going to go. I am absolutely shattered. And if I hear the three words, bus stop method concerning long division again... Yeah, I'm going to scream. Until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson, he's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care. We'll see you next Thursday. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.